0: The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice, and for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and antigenetics. Together we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change, with your hosts Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country, and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It's Thursday, December 14th. And today is March Red intellectuals day. I think I probably murdered that word. Marty Red Intellectuals Day. National Alabama Day, you guys. It's Roll Tides Day. It's also National Bula Day. Whatever the hell that is supposed to be. Roll Tide. To. Yes. And, of course, it is Monkey Day as well. For monkeying around... All day and it's every racist, day. Jason. It's racist, Be Stop careful, it. Jason. Stop it. Stop the cap. Stop the ridiculous. But thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can look down below on your screen to see where we live on the internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And now you can also find us on Rumble Twitch. Twitter, Facebook, and today we are now live on Instagram, you guys. At least we think we are. So, shout us out. Let us know what you think. And, of course, today we kicking it off with the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lameet. He is the Quasimodo caretaker, and today he happens to rock a beanie as opposed to a ball cap with his glasses and his matching hoodie that matches his backdrop. That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lameet.
1: Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. crowd goes wild. Yes, they did. And I hate to be the uh, bearer of bad news, but um, California cannabis is no stranger to over-leveraged, debt-ridden companies' entrances to collateral-free, good-faith consignment agreements across the supply chain, and operators ghosting after failing to achieve operating profit margins to keep afloat. Many Golden State operators have been living on borrowed time. The rent has been way past due, and we've seen plenty of good folks, small and large, this year, served up election, excuse me, eviction notices. But what happens when the rest of the country, emerging and established markets, choose to cover their own eyes and blindly follow Stevie Wonder backstage without any of his handlers? <laughs> <laughs> Could the bursting of a looming national debt and delinquent payment bubble be the final nail in the coffin for the cannabis industry as we know it? Portland-based Whitney Economics, led by heavy-hitting cannabis and hemp consultant, Bo Whitney, has hit us with nothing but bangers this year when it comes to market insights, investor trends, and economic research papers that have read like tea leaves each round. With the trends his teams reported on often becoming leading indicators, Uh, and seen in major regional industry headlines soon after. Well, they're back at it again and uh, leaking preliminary data from their latest nationwide survey of cannabis operators and and ancillary businesses aiming to assess the impact of delinquent payments and what uh, what impact they're having on the cannabis industry as a whole. And uh, it ain't pretty. The survey's preliminary findings indicate that delinquent payments represent an existential threat to cannabis operators regardless of size or market. For the release, the objective of the survey was to determine how pervasive delinquent payments are on the cannabis industry and to assess the overall economic health of cannabis licensees. Previous research by the firm revealed less than a quarter of cannabis operators in 2022 were profitable. The delinquency survey attempts to dive deeper into why everybody continues to struggle. So according to the data, 43% of industry respondents say that delinquent accounts receivables are impacting operators' abilities to service their own debt. 32% of respondents say delinquent accounts receivables are am- impacting an operator's ability to pay state or federal taxes. 59% say delinquent payments are having a greater impact on their business than federal tax policy 280E. Let that sink in. Folks failing to pay their bills on every level is causing the bill collectors to default on their own debts, which is robbing other folks of the cash flow needed to pay their state and federal taxes. And now everybody's saying that this pandemic of deadbeats has way worse of an impact than 280 ever has. Sounds like a recipe for success. The piece goes on to say that some respondents indicated delinquencies were in excess of two months of revenue, totaling millions of dollars, and that they needed to run their yearly uh, operation on what amounted to 10 months of cash flow. The lack of access to cannabis operators, um, to traditional financial tools like bridge loans uh, or loans against accounts receivable is reaching a tipping point. So folks are dumpster diving into the deals with predatory, predatory lenders with interest rates often running between 33 and 50%. Without access to bankruptcy protection, the results of business failure in cannabis is just complete, uh, complete individual wealth destruction. Though Whitney says that uh, delinquent payments impact the entire cannabis value chain, farmers, manufacturers, and ancillary operators are actually hit harder than retailers leading to multiple respondents blaming delinquent payments uh, for having to lay off employees in efforts to keep their own companies alive. Here's what Bo Whitney himself had to say about the new data. At a time when cannabis licensees are struggling economically, state legislators and regulators appear to be tightening controls on the market. These controls, when combined with lack of cash flow, may have catastrophic impacts on businesses, end quote. Now, I've been telling... Everybody from the jump to ignore the shiny objects and to follow the money if they want real answers as to what's really going on and what's probably going to happen next. A ton of these new booty, Chad-led, VC-funded companies that got in the game around 2018, 2019 thinking shit is going to be easy and all that B-school training uh, would give them the the cheat code to dominate something that's been around longer than they have. Well, all them five-year runways are drying up now and it's looking like we're all on the same level. The rent's due, and the landlord cannot afford you any more IOUs. So what's next? But Whitney says, given the serious nature of the issue and potential for business failures and labor displacement, state and federal policy intervention would be justified at this time. Uh, But I'm sorry. Um, I find it very hard to believe Congress will be actually passing into law any type of real relief, be it safe banking or States Act 2.0, whatever it is, anytime soon. Um, I don't, I don't think either that Joe Biden will sign off on any type of federal bailouts for a federally illegal industry that he has shown us time and time again, he has no love for. But I know I'm just Rico LaMitte, the dopest dad on the street imploring that you all continue to follow the money High nine news. I'm offering my own thoughts and opinions on this, on this one. And I want to hear from the rest of y'all. Will the industry full of non bill paying deadbeats soon Put us all in the dirt, or will the federal government come in like the white knight we all knew it would be all along? What do you think, Jason? Is this the crash? Are are we ready for the bubble to burst? I mean,
0: I've been crashing all the time, man. You know, I crashed out last night. Woke up this morning. You know what I'm saying? You know, circling the drain, guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we 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 we've all known that this is that that this is that this is coming. It's like it's like when you're
2: we have this. We have these clients in our office right now, and I call these shit sandwiches, and they are, every place you look is something nasty, Mm -hmm. because they got into it with too many personnel, didn't know how to run a business cleanly, they had to have a sugar daddy to survive, the sugar daddy gets tired of this shit at some point, everybody owes everybody money, and you can't go to bankruptcy. Now what, Mm -hmm. okay? And there just isn't a good answer, uh, because for everybody that I represent, Is circling the drain. I've got somebody out there waiting for them to take their last breath and pick up the bones of these businesses and try to run them, or smoothly. Yeah. And that's a hell of a place to be. When new places are opening up, how do you tell them? Oh, this is going to be fine. You can't make any money. Your sugar daddy's going to fuck you every time he gets a chance. Everybody's going to owe everybody money, and in the end, you know, you your life savings is is flushed down the toilet. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I I know I know someone right now that's looking to purchase numerous uh, cultivation facilities, and they want to make sure that the real estate is attached in the purchase.
1: Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, it's crazy you said that, Jason. It's crazy you say that because I've been calling that mm, eight years ago. I said this is nothing but a real estate game. It's a long term real the, estate play.
0: And this group, this group is not from California. They have multiple assets in other states. Of course they're not. And, and, but they want to come into the California market now that they're established in these other markets.
1: The, the, the cannabis industry has been a... I compare, you know, uh, I always I often use the analogy of a luxury vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. Driving a Mercedes-Benz right off the lot brand new. Why not use an American-made car in phase 1? No, pick the Mercedes. And, uh, because American American-made cars ain't nobody paying over ain't nobody paying six figures for an American-made car. <laughs> so let's keep it a buck, man. You getting that shit CPO. So <laughs> you getting all kinds of rebates for that thing. But uh let's just keep it a buck. You're getting a brand new Maybach right off the lot. You know, you you eating all that depreciation, 30% right when you drive it off, oh, right? Oh, man, it's so, so, bad. Um, so rough. Everybody who's getting in now, you're getting that certified pre-owned warranty. A lot of the kinks have been worked out. It might not be perfect yet, but you uh, you got a much clearer path to what's going on, what has happened, and what to expect. And a lot of the people just ate that depreciation these last five, seven, 10 years in Colorado and uh, mm-hmm. in Washington. And um, unfortunately, you're going to see a whole lot of new drivers very soon. Mm-hmm. New drivers and old whips. Oh, oops. In mm-hmm. 90.
0: Under warranty though. Under under warranty. <laughs> under- much better de- much yeah. better deals. <laughs> definitely better. <laughs> Broken definitely, in. definitely better uh better financing terms, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but, oh, what, do, oh, what do you what do you think about this uh, uh Rochelle? The uh, industry over, overall. Are we uh, I mean, headed to destruction? I, well, Nobody can pay the bills.
3: I mean, definitely the latter. I mean, is has anybody on this call or anybody in this industry, if anybody has um, an experience where they've always had their invoices paid on time, that's uh, pretty miraculous. I have asked this question to so many people: the epidemic of not getting paid, and it's so real. I don't know anybody who hasn't had at least one experience where they haven't been burned by a vendor, right? Mm-hmm. Like yep. it's just it's so commonplace, and it's a chicken and an egg thing, I guess, as you were yep. saying. I don't but know what. Mm-hmm. Everyone to get caught up. Because it really just causes a trickle down situation, and as a longtime freelancer myself, I know the pain. Believe me,
0: mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. Oh, it's just like it's just like the sign in your background, Rochelle. Truly, S- started truly, from the bottom. Gonna... Now we're here. We're still here. <laughs> <laughs> Big facts. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like social equity, uplifting. We're gonna oh my thing. God! Mm-hmm. What you got to say about that, Rico?
1: Oh my God! I'm not touching that one today. <laughs> I'm not touching that one today. Socialist oh, equity. You know, how I feel yes on that. We're gonna what go about to a reparations, comm- man. What about reparations? We're gonna go, we'll go to commercial. Do we're now. gonna go to a commercial. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna be right He's back. To commercial.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple? Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Tune in now and check it out. Oh, you got money to be at MJ Biz, but you don't mm-hmm. got money to pay me. Is that what you were telling them,
1: rochelle You like, better than me. Right. I, I see everyone you there would have knew they owed me money. They would
4: have oh, felt yeah. bad. They would have been like, "Yeah, I'd have oh, been yeah. like, yo yeah. you here?
0: You got you got my money?'" Oh, you, you must have came money? to MJ right. Biz nope. to give me my money.
1: Yeah, and you can't oh, you, 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 you can't you run up on cats for? like you used to, Rochelle. At least you can't, you can't run up on cats with the same with that same yeah. energy like you used to either. Can- Rochelle, did you at least make Speaking them? That. You can, but
4: you should know how to have that same energy you used to.
0: Rochelle, did you at least have them right? buy you a drink at either the Chandelier Bar at the Cosmopolitan uh, or at the B Bar at the? Shut Weston. up, the Cosmo.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing. If you're out there balling at the Cosmo and you can't pay your invoices, that makes me that makes me wonder.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, things that make you go, "Hmm." And speaking of wondering, <laughs> up next, <laughs> cannabis industry's very own Kaiser Brose, aka Stevie Blunder, aka <laughs> the longest continuously operating retailer in the game, known for smoking the best weed in the world, and his unwavering support of, you know, orange-tinted despots that claim to be former presidents. Y'all know who it is. Jason Beck.
0: Pro. Bro. You got to see his his latest commercial, bro. It is the best. It's on Instagram, bro. It is the, the best commercial I think I've ever seen. I'm gonna send it to you after the show.
1: Ooh, tr- yeah. Trump
0: has a commercial. Trump has a new commercial, bro. You got
1: time? In, you got time in new, between court new, cases? A, a
0: new commercial for his NFTs, bro. And he has a special, special
1: this is, this real card. Oh, oh, oh. Special real card. Go ahead and get ripped off again. Hold on. He's giving see, out a real go go card. Go ahead and get ripped off again. He's giving he out got, a real card. Uh, that's part of the mug okay. shots. The industry's number one deadbeat. You know what?
4: You, You know what? You know what's crazy? This guy, Trump. Has time to not only do all of this great stuff, but he can still do all of this great stuff, fight all of these court cases, and run the shit out of this country. Oh to a
1: place where man! Anyway, let's like hear the story. Let's hear the story. Jason. Hold on, hold on, hold on, right Tony. Hold on Tony, hey Jason, Tony hold on, Tony. Hold
0: on, Tony. We're gonna go. We're gonna go into the story. We're not. We're not gonna go down the rabbit hole uh. too much with, with Rico. We're just gonna yeah, just know, entertain I, I, him. I, go call, I, I listen, know, man, for, I know, paint, I know, in the
4: paint for my guy.
0: I know. I'm with you. Team Orange. Yes. Orange Gang. Yes. Orange Gang. Minnesota health inspectors uncover high-dose THC edible sales. Oh, this is for you, Rochelle, out in Minnesota. Following the legalization of hemp-derived THC edibles under 5 milligrams per serving, the Minnesota Department of Health, the MDH, Office of Medical Cannabis, is sending a warning to potential consumers about some products skirting the limits. The legal limit for hemp-derived cannabinoid products in Minnesota is 50 milligrams per package with a 5 milligram serving sizes of THC. According to a press release throughout the last four months, MDH has implemented a registration campaign to identify establish- establishments who had been previously selling hemp-derived cannabinoid products and require registration to sell them legally. Sounds like that lady that they were having to be the head of their... Uh, their um their organization a while ago rico the department says it has since found illegal high dose hemp derived products that may contain hundreds of milligrams of thc per serving and with multiple servings in a package creating products well above the legal limit recent inspectors of retailers selling hemp derived cannabinoid products found these illegal high dose products in 39 percent of establishments according to the department when when found inspectors required establishments to destroy them Uh, minnesotans are asked not to purchase products that exceed the legal limits for thc and to report the products to the mdh if found for sale retailers found selling non-compliant products that exceeded the state legal limit for thc could face fines of up to ten thousand dollars per incident and state officials say they will continue to significantly increase education inspection and enforcement actions to remove high-risk products from the minnesota marketplace you guys oh man this sounds just like such a shit show to me but i want to hear what y'all have to say because this is jason beck for the high at nine news what do y'all think about this minnesota and their high dose high dose
1: edibles (laughs) no one rochelle what you got on this
3: you know (laughs) the part in the article that was key for me was Oh, they're telling Minnesotans, don't buy them and report them if you see them. Here's the thing. The people who have been tasked with regulating the hemp-derived market uh, are not doing it, period, right? Like they don't have the resources, they don't know what they're looking for, and they don't know why. So they're relying on their constituents to essentially tattle on one another if they're selling non-compliant product. And this stuff is everywhere i mean i was at my local we have a lumberjack days here where i live and there was a company selling thc infused slushies right on the street Mm -hmm. way overdosed they had Hella non-compliant product. Every single cop in town was at this event, and they just blew right by because they don't know what they're looking for, and they don't care. Yep. It's really fascinating.
0: Yep. It's just like, it's just like when we were in Florida, and we asked, we asked the cops, they're like, can you tell the difference between hemp and weed? And they're just like, not even. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no. No. But yet the Blacklist posted a video of some guys smoking smoking THCA at the bus stop the other day and getting <laughs> arrested by cops.
3: Yeah, it's it's it wild. It.
1: It, shouldn't, it shouldn't have lit it up. It
3: wouldn't have been illegal. Played themselves.
0: Yeah, they played themselves. That's for sure. But man, this is this is super super interesting with this, this hemp derived stuff. I mean, the reality is, I don't understand how some consumers are supposed to know if products are overdosed. Um, as far as because their labeling on the package is going to say that they're compliant, regardless, they're not going to just be advertising that their stuff is hot and that it that it that it tests too heavy because they're probably not even testing it to even check it in the first place.
3: But some people are straight up selling hot product and proudly doing so, uh, which is I bet you they very, have the most good.
0: sales. They have the most sales too because people are like, oh, this is the best product. I get the highest from this stuff. I don't know what's up with their five percent, but this is the highest five percent I've had.
3: Or what's even more interesting is they go over to Wisconsin, where cannabis is technically illegal, but you can buy hella strong Delta-9 hemp-derived products, Delta-8, HHC, THCA flower, up and down the board, no one cares. So in a way, they're less restrictive than we are, even though cannabis is legal here. It's, It's very backward
2: interesting. Well, the last story we did about the industry circling the drain is why this is happening and why the trap always wins. This is sort of between trap and legal. Mm-hmm. And if you're running a legal business and you can't pay your bills and some guy says, hey, I'll take your product or we'll do this or that and you can make money right now, stuff in your pocket, have a nice day. It's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. Overregulate, overtaxed, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. What's an overdose on THC? I mean, it's so independent. And people just want this stuff. So, hey, if you can't get it in the store legally, a guy goes, hey, step around the corner. I got something for you. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is never going to stop. That's definitely going to stop. Never. That is for sure. That is for (laughs)
0: sure. All right. All right. Well, uh, we're, we're going to keep this keep this train a rolling right now. We're going to move right on in to everyone's favorite cranky old uncle. That's right. Mr. Dale Schaefer. He's the founder of Armada Law Practice and at one point in time did some time for a cannabis crime. That's right. That's right. Get ready to piss up a rope. It is Mr. Attorney Dale Schaefer.
2: Uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Um, my story this morning comes out of Law 360. And it's uh, and I don't make sure I get this name right, because it's Dr. Sunil Garwal. He's a Seattle physician. I don't know if he's a psychiatrist or not. Uh, he filed a petition in December of uh, in October of 2022, to reschedule psilocybin. He filed it with the DEA, and then uh, what we all expect to happen with the DEA is they rubber stamp the denial. We won't do it. <clears throat> He ran to federal court and he put on to the federal court that they got to do more than that. Um, And so the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals issued an order um, a month or two ago. Yeah, you got to send it back. The DEA's got to do better than this because they have to tell us why they're making a determination so we can follow and track what they're doing and saying it's sort of a due process, right? Mm hmm. Uh, And so it got sent back to the DEA. and I don't know why it took this this doctor two months to figure out, oh, they forgot something. But he filed a petition with the Ninth Circuit for a rehearing claiming that they left something out of their order to send it back to the DEA. They were required to send it to the FDA, have expert input scientifically on whether this could be used with restrictions. Okay. That's what this whole pissing match is about: um, is getting the DEA to do what they're supposed to do, and how do you force them? And as I was reading this, <clears throat> I was I hearkened back to the multiple times um, that Normal and other groups, MAPS and you know other groups, have filed petitions to reschedule cannabis over the years, and you get into this um, I call them an administrative clusterfuck and this controlled substances act set this all up to be administrative law and you jump in file a petition to do something they string you along until you get tired of it you run to court you have a hearing and the court says oh it should never be in schedule one but that's not before us you gotta tell the dea send them to the next phase and then you go to the next phase two years you fuck around and they give you a bullshit denial you go to court So what I see here is the DEA is a leopard. It's not changing its spots. This happens to be psilocybin, and the research goes back to the 1950s and 60s. It was great for depression. Their story is this is for end of life care. I mean, you cherry pick the arguments you're gonna make. People are dying, we really don't give a shit if we get them addicted to drugs or whatever, okay? Let them take whatever makes them feel better. So that's where they're focusing their attention. Anybody who knows uh, the psychedelic world knows that it's got a lot more applications than that. The FDA is currently working on MDMA for PTSD. They're beginning to open the floodgates at the FDA <clears throat> for consideration of this being something other than Schedule One, having an accepted current medical use. It's, first of all, it's not highly addictive. So we got other problems with this. But this is crack, <clears throat> cracking the door of the DEA and what they do, and they haven't done anything different for 50 years now, is they spit in your face, slam the door in your face, walk away, and you gotta drag them to court to get them to do what the law requires them to do. So, I'm hopeful the FDA will do something with this. Um, I'm not sure that that, uh, Dr. Um, Wall's argument that it's mandatory it goes to the the, uh, FDA is what the law actually says, but the DEA has used that argument against cannabis in two normal cases that, oh, it has to go to the FDA for all this research and things to come back to us. And so now they're saying, oh, no, it doesn't. We'll see how this rolls out. But th- this is just the long-standing problem that we all face trying to... Look at substances and evaluate the language that they're that they're under and say it doesn't fit the language, but you can't get that question before a court to have them do anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, we're going to and I keep hoping the Supreme Court steps into cannabis and says, no, this is nonsense and we can get it before the court. This is, this is the struggle we're going to face for all these substances. The DEA are cops. They, they want to keep everything illegal, and they can never imagine that substances that we call drugs would ever be available to adults to use. That's my uh, thought for the day, my story. Kick it back to y'all. What do you think?
1: I think the FDA needs more money. I mean— we like six people. They got like six people in the whole agency. In in charge of all that shit. They, they, and uh, they, they literally can't really enforce anything until people get hurt. Right. And, um, they're, in, they're underfunded, man. We want them to run shit. Like we wouldn't look at it to the FDA. Like, like, nah, DEA is already corrupt all the way through, uh, for, 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 for generations in the FDA. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks to Orrin Hatch, one of your homeboys, Jason, uh, gutting that shit. Uh, so we can have all these supplements and everything that don't do shit. And, um, it's all messed up. I don't know. I mean, uh, you're more uh, you're more optimi- optimistic on this one than I, than I am, Dale. Like I don't I don't think. I just I'm confused, Dale. I I'm, I'm confused a little bit by this story.
0: Because we covered the redacted uh uh the redacted paper in regards to the schedule 3 documents and in there it clearly states that the FDA needs to uh or basically, the DEA has the full authority to reschedule cannabis, and that the the F the FDA and HHS don't have don't have that that authority. But yet, you have the Ninth Circuit basically saying that for mushrooms, that <clears> that, <throat> that that the DEA has to consult with the FDA in regards to this. So I'm a little
2: confused on that. Can you kind of break that down a little bit? Circle. Well, it sounds like the, um when the Controlled Substances Act was passed in 1970. A, the Congress delegated to the executive branch the rescheduling authority. Mm -hmm. A, delegated to the DEA, which I think was officially started in 71, something like that, and they put it into this administrative law, circle jerk, I call it. But we've had some decisions recently Uh, the SEC case before the Supreme Court was won, and there was another one last year, where they went back to the enabling language in Congress and said, hang on for a second, we're gonna take a look at this and see, do you guys really have the authority you're claiming you have now? Okay, so there's a lot of things up in the air, Jason. Um, This has been lost to the, the real legal world for 50 years because it gets trapped in the administrative runaround. Okay. I would like to see Congress do something. The odds of that are slim to none. Uh, as you said, Biden's not going to do shit about any of these things because um, his drugs are a hot issue for him and his kid right now. <laughs> Besides, he still helped start the goddamn war on drugs back in or gear it up in the 80s. Oh, so, see it happening. I think we're going to have the court step in. I don't know if they're going to prevail on their interpretation that it's mandatory. You send it to the FDA. We'll see about that. But when you look at bureaucracies, DEA was well-funded by Nixon. And once you give a bureaucracy power and money, they ain't never giving that shit up. They're just not going to do it. And this is just another window. And the DEAs, you're going to have to rip this out of their cold, greedy hands. Yep. That part. They have guns. Yep.
0: They do. They got a lot of guns.
1: That's for sure. They use them too. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you don't have,
2: if you don't have your cameras locked on them, they will blame everything on you. Oh man, I got DEA stories from when they come after me. Those son of a bitches are ruthless. Yeah, hey, they, it never gets into your discovery when they charge you. Yeah. Well, that shit never happened. I was fucking right there. You did it, Dying exactly. sexy.
0: Oh man, the f- the first time oh. I got raided by the DEA, the very first time. Uh, Like, they they did all kinds of crazy stuff. They destroyed every single camera in in the place. They contaminated my hard drive of my computer system with some kind of virus. But it amazed me that they didn't take the hard drive because I got a hacker who was able to spend more time than them and basically unhacked what they had hacked. And so then all of a sudden, I had all of the camera footage all of a sudden again. So...
2: Oh, they don't like that. Oh, they didn't. No, they didn't (laughs) like
0: that. They didn't like that. And we let, we let Vice uh, TV air, air that footage on their, uh, on on their channel, on one of the episodes and, uh that was that that was pretty interesting that was definitely pretty interesting because it does show clearly on the tape that they did not uh knock before entry all they did was just quick blast you know bad ram the door no no knocking no nothing uh they're they're taking the fruit cups out of the refrigerator and fucking splattering them on the walls and just just everything they can do to possibly make a mess it was just unreal unreal
1: is crazy they, how they somebody, have all the tools all the money to make sure that they catch us do everything doing everything yeah. electronically but somehow you know when and they're in the wrong when the point the fingers pointer at, pointed at them everything seemed to malfunction yeah we lost this
2: when, footage when they were after us that next door in the suite next door some company came in and they're, all the curtains were blacked out and we come in in the morning and our computers would be unplugged. Mm-hmm. phones would be unplugged and you could see in the drop ceiling where there was dust from the drop ceiling on the floor and then yep. it's like wait a second I wasn't born yesterday what the fuck you got when we when we got charged and we asked for all your discovery oh that never happened listen Molly went into there she kicked their door and we asked them what the fuck are you guys doing here and within 48 hours they were gone mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. but that's just an example of the stuff and when I work with cops they would do sneak and peeks all the time we would get information back door, never saw the light of discovery, but yet we it was given to people who were investigating crimes, mm-hmm. um, and I, I've seen it, so when it happened to me, it's like, I know what's going on here, and you're not scaring me, because I know you're going to charge me anyway, so mm-hmm. fuck you, mm-hmm. what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, we even had a floating wall. Uh, in the <clears throat> for how you access the back the back of house and they couldn't figure out how to get into the back of house when they came in there and like they're they start ripping up the carpet they're like where's where's the underground entryway to the back and i'm just like <laughs> yeah. brother you pushed the wall right there bro it's not that difficult
2: you guys are crazy yeah they, they raided us, Jason, and then I went to a dispensary, a, a trap shop in a local town, and across the street, the same people that, that raided me a couple weeks before, I saw them in the window acting like they were construction workers. And I walked up the window and waved at them. They fucking shit mm-hmm. their pants. Went across the street and warned the dispensary guys, like, the DEAs across the street, man, they're watching you. Yep. And it's like I, I, I waved on the way out. It's like, fuck you. I know what you're doing. You're not even that sneaky at it. Come on. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, on that, you have any thoughts on this, Rochelle?
3: I mean, I don't have any war stories from the DEA, thank God, but what I will say is that the government bureaucrats love to punt to one another. And I think that's a big part of what's happening here. Facts.
0: Lots of punting Mm -hmm. going on. Lots of punting. It's a boring ass game. Mm -hmm. We all
2: lose. Mm hmm. Well, I'd like to see the FDA do more, but to say their bureaucracy is not quite right what the DEA is. I don't want to see them do more. They're just oh, going to screw I'm it
0: deciding. up. They're, they're going to screw it up even more than it already is, Dale. If they, if they So would you say wrong. you support uh, the defund the police movement, Jason? Oh, no, I do not support defund the police in any way whatsoever. I think it's a stupid, stupid <laughs> mantra. But nonetheless, we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE Pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures, and with the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient DAB experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, stop whatever you're doing. Make sure that you hit that like button. We'll appreciate it. You'll appreciate it, and YouTube appreciates it also. Also, make sure you subscribe to the channel. We are almost at 2,000 subscribers, so help us make it over that little threshold. Also, all the articles that you see us cover on the show today, you can read on our website at www.hyatt9news.com. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smokey Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smokey Vanilla with my
1: background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in
0: the game, baby. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to
1: smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized assessment just for you. Let's go. Hey. Up next, we got a superstar cannabis and psychedelics reporter, editor at Green State. And word on the block is she has the most robust Lego collection in the whole damn game. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak for it. But y'all know who it is. Rochelle Gordon.
3: Rico, it is not fake news. I have a lot of Lego and I have the pictures. (laughs) I haven't seen it. She got
0: receipts, Rico. (laughs) She got receipts for you. Can't work.
3: So, my story this week is a little less news, a little more perspective about why the market and the world, frankly, needs low potency weed. So, again, this is a perspective, more of an op ed. So, it'll be in the first person. So, here we go. Uh, Last week, I read a statistic that all but surprised me. According to Consumer Insights analysts at the Brightfield Group, 1 in 10 cannabis users prefers flour containing between 6 and 10 percent THC content, a far cry from the bud with 30 to 40 percent, allegedly, THC that is seemingly everywhere in the market. How often do you find low-potency weed at the local dispensary? Pretty much never. And the cannabis industry is driven by supply and demand, and with the majority of customers, and frankly, the majority of bud tenders seemingly pushing the strong stuff, it makes sense that high potency products get the lion's share of shelf space. But in doing so, a portion of the population is completely alienated from the regulated market. And canicurious curious folks may be wary of the big THC numbers could never try it at all. And shockingly, after years of the opposite, I've become one of the very people seeking low THC products, but more about that later. A while back, I interviewed a few retail buyers in California before the mega brand showcase Hall of Flowers. When I asked what they were on the lookout for, CBD was definitely on the list. They understood the need for low potency flower edibles and vapes at dispensaries. However, producers trying to make ends meet I have to go where the money is, leading them to pump out as much THC as possible. It was a sentiment echoed at a recent visit to Emerald Bay Extracts. The brand makes strain-specific RSO and tablets popular with the medical crowd, including one-to-one varieties like Harlequin and Dancehall. But the owner lamented that there was simply not enough CBD-rich flour on the market to meet production demand, directly impacting the customers who have come to rely on the products for relief. The appeal of low potency weed is something I've seen and experienced firsthand. My partner cultivates high CBD strains of cannabis, selling smokable flour at the local farmer's market. After handing out countless samples to curious passersby, the number of folks who return to make a purchase is astonishing. Many of them are older consumers, delighted that there's a product for them. Now, to be fair, these sales occur in Wisconsin where there is no regulated cannabis market. However, THCA flour, AKA weed that is considered federally legal hemp, is readily available. And there's no doubt that people are procuring legal bud in other states and bringing it back to the Dairyland. My partner's loyal customers are choosing to smoke CBD because it gives them the experience they seek. a Relaxing and mellow buzz without the overt stoniness or anxiety that high THC products can cause. But it's not just senior citizens who are enjoying the benefits of low-potency weed. I've started consuming it myself. After a lifelong battle with anxiety began to intensify last year, it became clear that, while I didn't want to believe it, THC may not be helping. So the years of smoking and dabbing all day, every day, were seemingly lost. Several instances where a couple of hits of weed sent me into a debilitating spiral made me realize it may be time for a break. So I decided to try some of my partner's sour jet fuel, a lemon and gas forward strain high in CBD. And for those that argue that CBD doesn't get you high, I beg to differ. It could have been the entourage effect with terpenes and other compounds working in concert, but I definitely felt something. And what I didn't feel was panic. And frankly, I was grateful. Since then, I've become fond of CBN, a minor cannabinoid often marketed for sleep. It started with Space Gems one to one THC CBN gummies. The CBN contents seemed to take the edge off, uh, helping to prevent paranoia from edibles. And then I discovered true CBN soft gels, which contain 50 milligrams of CBN isolate. And I'd strictly previously been a whole plant consumer, but these uh, capsules, frankly, have changed my life, and I've never slept better. Uh, in conclusion, THC is not for everyone, right? We know that, that much is clear, but by ignoring the need for low potency weed on the legal market, we're doing a disservice to those who could truly benefit, whether consumed for therapeutic reasons or a cool and mild high, the demand for CBD and other non-THC cannabinoids clearly exists. We're supposed to be an industry for the people, but by catering to the customers who only care about THC, all we're doing is driving the patients and canicurious curious further away. I understand this is a complicated issue made more difficult by the fact that operators are desperate for dollars and simply want to survive, but by inviting a wider population of consumers in, won't we ultimately fare better as an industry? So, Rochelle Gordon, editor of Green State for Hyatt 9 News. I'm curious what you guys think about this. Is it feasible to offer high CBD strains of cannabis in regulated dispensaries?
0: I mean, you can definitely offer them, but not many people are gonna buy them.
3: Why do you think that is? Do you think that people who are searching for it just don't go to the dispensary? Do you think that the bud tenders aren't pushing it? Like, why do you think that is? I I,
0: I, I just feel like most of the people that, that generally go into stores are looking for high THC. That's 99.9% of all customers. That that That's what they're asking. And you get very, very rarely do you get people that are asking for CBD specific. Not saying that it doesn't happen, but let's just say, you know, maybe maybe 5% of customers ask for that you know maybe 5 out of every 100 people basically will ask for a cbd cbd based type of product more medicinal type of product whether that be a tincture or something non cannabis form also too that's another problem with those types of flower uh, products as flowers is that a majority of the people that are purchasing those products don't want to smoke also
4: it's not, it's not just that too a lot of those uh, products you can get from regular smoke shops that aren't um that aren't dispensaries. so if you're going to a dispensary i believe 99 percent of the people going there are going there for actual flower flower they're not going there for delta eight they're not going there for anything else they're literally just going there because they want the real thing because they can go to a regular smoke shop and just get delta eight strands or you know whatever else it's really not you know what i mean so
1: Mm -hmm.
4: it's kind of my take on it Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i I feel like Mm -hmm. if i'm going to the dispensary, you already know you're going to be buying stuff at a premium Yep. so uh I, I kind of go if I'm if I'm going into a dispensary uh, I try to get the the best that i can get period uh, but i ain't gonna lie you know um a good one-to-one is great you know uh, some of some of my uh, my buddies that have uh but you like Blue Dream. Blessed me with you some, like Blue uh some Dream, uh, with a lot of product direct off the farm it's, it's it's really good man um some some good one-to-one stuff it gives you a good functional high you're not looking to get super lit uh but um yeah if I ever go I'm gonna buy something in the store like I just wouldn't buy CBD at a actual dispensary. I mean, you
0: bought personal. Blue Dream.
1: I never bought it. <laughs> <laughs> knowledge, never bought it. Knowledge of people of this. this I, love, I love how Jason. I love how Jason loves to. He loves to keep on shaming me because that's my ADHD <laughs> medicine. It gives me a functional. <laughs> gives me a functional Dang. high. Yeah, you gotta, you you gotta you have go something. Ahead. You, you gotta have go something. Ahead. We gotta have something. And, 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 and for, the, for the record, I've never, I've never dropped cash. I've never dropped cash on it. I have an infinite supply. Are you sure? You no, know? I'm pretty sure well, I've sold you some Blue Dream before.
2: The lack of knowledge in the industry. lack of knowledge. I don't think I've ever seen you in possession of Blue Dream, Jason. Uh, a- the, the ignorance on all sides in this industry is overwhelming. I mean, Molly and I had, I don't know, 12 to 15,000 patients at one point. We got to look under everybody's fingernails and what they were doing, and there was no dispensaries in those days. So we got to see if you if you want this product, what can you get, how can mm-hmm. you do it? And a lot of people settled, and we helped them as best we could. A titrated dose that was good for them helped them find strains. I mean, that's why I went to prison. I grew some, some plants for some people who were very sick, and we were trying to get them specific medicine. But even today, if you're in my age group, what we smoked 50 years ago was 3 to 5% THC off, when you broke it off the brick, and hash was maybe in 12%, okay? That's what my generation grew up on. So, you know, I, when I got out of prison after 12 and a half years of not being able to use weed, I took a dab and, oh, you, man, mm. I thought I was down Alice's rabbit hole. Rabbit. Fuck, okay? It was way <laughs> too much for me. <laughs> And it's happened several times where the THC content was more than my brain could take, and it's like, I don't need this. But there's an entire market out there of people, and this is not necessarily a medical need, not just a recreational, it's somewhere in between, you have conditions, and you know, in my family, my daughter, THC makes her sick. So we had to look around and find products that were low in THC, higher in CBD and the CBN and things like that to help her, but we're a medical family. So they're not marketing to people out there. They're not trying to educate people. Right now, to survive in the industry, you gotta sell what sells, and that's high THC, and that's where you end up. The potential in this, and even for your own home remedies, is very high. Because, you know, you, it's hard to sustain spending three or 400 bucks a week trying to buy this shit to treat anxiety because you don't want to take van anymore. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just not sustainable. But you've got to have strains that you grow them yourself, and they actually have what you need. Low in THC, higher, maybe CBD, CBN, things like that. Hell, try to find THCV that is like a coffee in the morning. There's a lot of ways to use this that just people are ignorant of. And bud tenders don't know about I feel
1: this. like, um, right. So you know, first off, I want to thank you for writing this, uh, cause it is a topic. I think mm-hmm. that is, uh, under discussed and I'm actually surprised. Like a lot of these, uh, newer markets that have uh, popped up. We're not seeing a lot of these like low uh, potency, uh, sales. They're just following the same path that we have gone into. Cause it's, 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 you know, what, it's what the
0: consumer asked and for.
1: and It's what
0: the consumer asked for. Yeah.
3: But I I think it's a tough call, though, and I think there's a, I think I agree, I agree with all of you in that um, it's what people are asking for, but are people not going to a dispensary who maybe don't, need a THC product or don't know that they need a CBD product I, because maybe they're overwhelmed and they're not educated on what's available or is it like Tony said and they know they can get it elsewhere so they don't they just don't go to the dispensary period
0: I, I think it's a combination sure. of actually both of those Rochelle because you have a, a some, some people that are going to go and, and buy some Delta A product somewhere and then you have a lot of other people that are just going to their doctor's office now if we were able to advertise uh, cannabis products like this in doctor's offices I think that there would be a lot more higher demand because people would be a lot more aware that they actually exist and that they could actually uh, make their life much more beneficial than what they're currently using to uh to supplement uh that adversement so doctors
2: are ignorant of this jason
0: well no no the cannabis hold on a second bro a dispensary is not going to pay a doctor a commission for a referral fee um to come and purchase someone else's product that's just not real Okay, but you do have the insurance companies paying doctors to, to pump all these pills down people, and so they're just they're they're at an economical disadvantage already from the beginning.
1: So, well, so who's going to be who's going to step
2: up it. and become the Sackler family of cannabis, Jason? Doctors don't know about this. I mean, I was married to one for a long time. When she and I married her, when she was just coming out of medical school, and none none of this was taught, mm-hmm. and it's still not taught today. You don't get to learn the endocannabinoid system like you learned the endo opioid system. There's just it's just not there. So you send it to them and they go, "Oh fuck, I don't know." Right. But what do I tell you? Okay, that's not helpful. So where you're in the streets, and I've talked to some bud tenders that you know know their shit. Others are dumb as fucking rocks, and they're there to get you to buy what makes the most money or you know what you're asking for, and it's driven by high THC. It's it's just not coming down to what people need. And old farts like me have money to spend. Mm-hmm. We're not chasing 30% THC. We want something that'll help us sleep, and we got some money to spend for it. But it, you can't survive in a dispensary selling to old farts like me because they're not coming in the numbers you need.
0: Yep, that's true. So, that's it's not, true. It's
2: not supportable.
0: You guys are another 5% of the population.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm and on that better marketing better messaging that's what we need
0: yeah yep. uh, I, I i agree with that part definitely need some better marketing and better messaging but coming up next it is the man that you love to hate he is represents the black conservative voice that joe biden would love to silence for even acknowledging his exists. that's right it is the man mr tony montaga
4: thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you everybody hear me out there can everybody hear me out there Mm -hmm. We hear you perfectly. Can you hear me? Yes, all good. Okay, great. Now, today, we're going to talk about Alabama. The Alabama Medical Cannabis Commission awarded integrated licenses to five companies to help start the state's new medical marijuana industry on Tuesday, voting to pick them out of 33 applicants. I don't trust anybody, so I would closely suggest that if anyone has any capability of checking to see how Close, these individuals that were picked uh, could be related to the people uh, who picked them. I would do it. Just saying. Just me. Just saying it. The AMCC could award no more than five integrated licenses under the medical marijuana law. The legislation the legislature passed uh, in 2021. The integrated companies will cultivate, process, transport, and dispense medical cannabis. Some steps remain over the next few weeks before uh, that work begins, although the license have been awarded. They are not scheduled to be issued until January 9th. Before that, the AMCC will receive license fees and conduct site inspections. Commission Chair Rex Vaughn said he hoped, that it w- he hoped that if there are no delays, that medical cannabis products could be available by spring 2024. The next two weeks will have to investigate. Uh, we'll have to investigate staff that will go and look at facilities. Vaughn said they'll do on-site inspections to make sure that the facility is up to par with what they've been portrayed to be, so they can move forward. When uh, we indeed issued a license at the end of December and into January, companies that were awarded licenses today were True leave Alabama Inc., Sustainable Alabama LLC, Wagon Trail Med Serve LLC, uh, Flowerwood Medical Cannabis LLC, and Specialty Medical Products of Alabama LLC. Nine of the 12 voting members of the AMCC took part in Tuesday's vote at the Alabama State House. The AMCC has heard public presentations for the applications last week. Ray French, the CEO and co-founder of Specialty Medical Products of Marijuana, said his company already has experience producing gummies and CBD and is ready to begin making the new products. Specialty uh, medical uh, mar- uh, specialty medical products were passed over on two previous rounds of licensing awards that the AMCC later withdrew. We're so proud on behalf of the commission for taking the time to actually get to know the applicants and really consider this. Friend, I am so proud of everyone that's worked so hard. And also for the other people that were awarded, we're looking forward to helping build an industry here in Alabama. Friend said specialty medical products would have dispensaries in Montgomery, Troy, Opelika, uh Foley and Bayou I don't know how to pronounce that they Bay, uh Bayou la battery uh batre the law requires the amCC to award loser lose it yeah just the, the, the tablet just told me to flip it over oh boy um oh, da, 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 da.
0: I kind of did. Hold on. All right. Well, I mean, the 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 main point of this story, Tony, is that True Leave got a social equity license issued to them in Alabama. Is this all
2: part of the?
0: Is this all part of the "Just Buy Weed from Women" campaign? Mm-hmm. No, don't
1: stop that. Stop, I'm, I'm that, stop, stop that. I'm serious. Don't I'm serious. Don't, don't give it that. How I'm dare serious. you? <laughs> We're not, we're not go- no 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 uh, you don't, don't want to go down that I mean, I'm mad I put at that on the soundboard they, they promote it
2: I don't oh, know my that my I've gosh, ever really, seen these um, work out when you cap the numbers whether I'm it's sure. merit lottery some combination they just don't seem to work out and you know I'm always suspicious someone's palms getting greased here to get them in a position well, the, you know, well dale i mean the, the, somebody, so on, yeah, going back to your how story does from how, last, how, last, how does kim week?
0: rivers how does kim rivers qualify for social equity in alabama you guys
3: yeah i'm just confused how this well, happened well dale
1: <laughs> yeah well dale going back to going back to your story from last week it seems like uh the state did not want that that smoke and they ended up giving them back the license that they took uh, they took
2: from them. Well, it hasn't finished yet, and this is the same group that we talked about last week. That was a bunch of knuckleheads running around. They had no idea. They kept changing their mind, changing the rules, moving the goal line. You, you know, you cannot do this kind of shit, and you end up in court fighting over stuff. And I, you know, my philosophy is make, make your criteria of what you've gotta to do to be able to operate and run one of these businesses. Don't put numbers on it. You know, let them go out and if you can't run a business like everybody else starts a business, you fall on your face, hey, you know, you, you couldn't do it. Yep. Don't cap these things because then you end up with corruption everywhere. <laughs> that um where there
4: is progress by I'm I'm maybe I'm such a conspiracy theorist by now it's because I'm black and I know enough to know that everything that comes gift wrapped in a bowl comes with something else. So now the downside <laughs> of this to me Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm just telling you. The downside to this, to this is, to to me, is this. I've been in Alabama. I know how the police out there operate, and they're going to. This is just my, my opinion. They're going to have it legal so you could have medical cards and stuff like that on you. But for the people that don't have a card, for the people that are not paying for these uh, cards, for people who are not paying into the system, I believe that they're going to be hitting them over the head. And I believe that they're going to have even more people being arrested for simple marijuana possessions and stuff like that. I think that is going to give them a, a lot more leeway to— to treat a lot more uh, other to, to
0: treat people without cards a lot harsher than people with it, it, you, a lot of harsher.
4: I think they, I think yeah. they're going to discriminate against people without cards to a, to a great extent, because when you think about yeah, even when, I when, when, I, when I was in California, it was like a hundred dollars, right. To get a card, right. A uh, hundred dollars. It's a lot less people than that, that now, but,
0: like, but yeah. Okay. It has been a hundred bucks okay. though. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. I could just hey, see it so happen. Iola battery was from Fort Gump. And that was one of those towns that were on there that you were I mean that—that's where Bubba, that is uh, Bubba' Gump. family. But I I agree with Tony here that if they give one group some power, it means they're going to punish the shit out of people not following those rules or try to. And Alabama mm-hmm. is not California. Mm-hmm. I mean they, they they don't have a history of liking weed at all. So I wouldn't want to be caught in Alabama. Or black people. But <laughs> or, yeah, that, <laughs> or but black again,
4: Again, because just, it's, it's, it's about it's about This is Alabama So this is a state that we already know economically Isn't producing the most So they're going to try to make the most out of everything So while they're saying Ooh, we're going to give you guys medical marijuana And you'll be able to have medical marijuana Behind the scenes they're like And whoever doesn't buy this card in particular To go and get this marijuana We're going to throw their ass in jail mm-hmm. We're going to have people paying out fines And everything else for not doing it And then mess around And then, and then uh, prohibit someone from even getting a card if they've been arrested a few times and for simple possession without having a card on them I'm just saying just you know keep track of everything and it's a true lever whatever true lever this company truly, is truly I the money. I to, yeah. yeah I think I'm gonna have to do my own investigation to make sure that they're not um, lined up with true cell the people who stole the patent for the HIV protection they stole it from an African doctor and people could say I'm crazy not connect None. the dots connect <laughs> hey, the dots the
1: dot. <laughs> oh man i'm gonna follow
4: the money once you leave because it just sounds too funny to me
1: oh yes. boy, here you we say go i'm crazy funny. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, i want to yeah. fund this investigation <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: right hey uh, look it just takes maybe like three hours and 14 bucks <laughs> you just sit yep. here online and just start looking
0: Now, Rochelle, Rochelle, I got a question. So I I don't understand how they how how truly qualified for a social equity uh, application without having a social equity applicant. And there's been some chatter in there (laughs) saying that uh, that Robert Delisi Delicioso has been working with TrueLeave, And so they're saying that they may may have been their social equity applicant. What do you think about that?
3: Yeah, isn't aren't they launching his brand in Florida? So that would make sense. You think that would make sense? Yeah, I don't know what the Alabama connection is, but they could have. I mean, we don't know what the application said. Like they could have found someone locally to be their social equity partner, right? Um, But because there's no other way that it would have happened, unless they were greasing palms, right? It just doesn't add up.
0: Can you imagine that? The can you imagine since the social equity applicant uh, has to be 51 percent? Can you just see them saying, "No, Kim Rivers, I don't want it like that. I want it like this."
2: (laughs) Oh, I could. Ah. I see it here in California. That right. Way. That's oh, well, you're the social equity person. You own 51. Theoretically, yep. we have all these backstory contracts that don't give you any power, and we're running the whole show here. Sit down, and shut the fuck up, but smile and put on your makeup when the cameras are on.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm exactly. Cynical right. about this shit. Very true. Very true, mm-hmm. Dale. yep that is often often the case. I have one one quick 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 story for you guys before we before we get out let me hear it yes you guys are this is super super quick state officials say they will continue to significantly increase education oh wait sorry 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 my
4: yo hey wait 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 before we go my story came back on my tablet my tablet is back on hold on battery's back
0: on hold on hold on we're already after 10 we're after 10 tony new florida Medical marijuana licenses could come by this summer they're saying. Florida could move forward with 22 additional licenses for medical marijuana operators nearly doubling the size of the state's legal cannabis industry within the next six months. The state of the Office of Medical Marijuana Use Director Christopher Kimball offered a tentative timeline after giving a presentation Wednesday about the medical marijuana program in the House Healthcare Regulation Subcommittee. Kimball's office accepted 74 applications for 22 additional licenses during an application period that ended in April but one of the applicants has since withdrawn. He said the new licenses are required under a 2017 law that called for the boostering of a number of licenses as the number of eligible patients, which currently exceeds 850,000 increases representative Alison Tan, a tallacy, uh, uh a Tallahassee Democrat who serves on the House panel pressed Kimball on the issuance of the new licenses and says, what is the status of that process, Tant asked. And Kimball said that uh, applications are being reviewed, but he did not have a specific time of when they would be awarded, and in quotes says, if I rush them and we get sued and lose, then people won't get their licenses. I want to make sure that we've done it right, he said. But uh, Tant pushed him on the issue and says, I I want to make sure we get it right but at the same time I have constituents in this space who are kind of chomping at the bit should I tell them it's six months should I tell them it's going to be a year what would be the answer to tell them Tant asked and Kendall replied I would hope we could meet Uh, Meet that six months That would be my hope Hope is not a plan But that is what we're working on And the April round of applications Was uh, the first major opportunity For newcomers in the industry To vie for a license In the 2017 legislation passed And an initial round of licenses Was based on a 2014 law That legalized non-euphoric cannabis For a limited number of patients The state has issued 24 operators uh, Licensed in regards with that What do you guys think This is crazy crazy they're about to issue out these licenses i don't think they've even issued out the black farm the one single black farmers license in florida but yet they're talking about issuing out these additional licenses and i just feel like florida is so built up that anyone that comes into the space is just going to be coming in at such a deficit i mean they're going to have truly is going to have i think over 200 stores in florida and you have a you know it's i, I just feel like they're going to be battling an uphill battle to anyone trying to come into that market
2: Dots? The, trap's gonna, the trap's there. Yeah, you know the that. trap
0: was there for sure. Shout out to Tur Basil.
3: <laughs> yeah, but people still seem to be really interested in Florida, whether or not, you know, how established it is. People really seem to want to break in there just because it is such a huge, huge market.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, very, very true. Interesting. In a market of old farts like me, that uh, they should go in there and market those lower THC strains to them old goats that are down okay. there. They got a lot of money. Shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, could
3: be, that could be the niche for sure.
0: Hey, I just don't, I just don't understand how they're going to issue these licenses. They haven't issued out the black farmer license yet, but oh man, and not to mention it's going to cost a whole bunch of more money because they just passed a law approving, uh, approving the governor's plan to raise the fee of medical licenses to over a million dollars. So, uh, Oh jeez, Yeah. So it's going to be even more. Killer. Yeah. That's it's, it's, you know but uh it's florida baby it's
2: florida. that'll feed the trap right mm-hmm. that will definitely <laughs> feed the trap that's for sure but uh yes Can politicians
0: mm-hmm. what's that rochelle
3: trap always wins we said it earlier that's
0: right the trap always wins well thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us every monday through friday at 9 a.m pacific and high noon on the east coast big thank you to all of our correspondents participating daily and thank you the audience always tuning in watching and enjoying us we know you could be anywhere else and we're glad that you choose to spend your time with us also you all have an amazing day because it's high at nine news it is america's number one daily cannabis news show